we're very excited to have Kevin. Uh, we're going to bring him up, and I know you all will give him a warm welcome. Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Kevin. I'm beyond honored to stand before you today as the head football coach of the Cleveland Browns. You know, I'm not going to stand up here and make any bold predictions about what we're going to do this year. I can just promise you that we're going to work. I've already spoken to a few of our players already, and that's what I'm about. I'm about working, and I'm about putting a foundation together. We will be methodical about it. We will not skip step two, two and three to get to four. We're going to start in the foundation, and then we're going to reinforce that foundation so that we can build upon it. And ultimately, we're building a foundation for what we hope is a championship effort. We'll have a culture of accountability. We'll have structures in place. The players will understand uh, our rules and what we're about, and we're going to be demanding. You're listening to Three New Taser on Dogs by Nature Radio. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7 and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Up at the top of the show, de facto general manager and team owner Jimmy Haslam coronating the newest coach of your Cleveland Browns. That of course is one Mr. Kevin Stefanski. Uh, with so much change in the air in Berea, I wanted to reach out to a couple of alternative voices to get an idea of how the dog pound is reacting to the shift in leadership in the organization. I reached out to a couple of guests we haven't had in the studio here at Trado Chaser before. Now, the first one is a guy who goes by the name of John Thornton. John Thornton uh, works uh, along with a guy named Rick Stark on a podcast called The Danger Zone. That danger is spelled with a six, very G. John Thornton is a season ticket holder who hails from my neck of the woods. He and his buddy Rick Stark can be found on at TDZ Pod on Twitter. And now the second guest who's coming on, longtime readers of the Daily Dog Chow will certainly remember. He's a guy who goes by the name of Bob Stallmaker. Now, Bob no longer frequents the threads at Dogs by Nature or the Daily Dog Chow anymore, but he can be found on Twitter. His address is at WildlifeLUVR. So I wanted to start the discussion about the transition with, of course, Kevin Stefanski. I wanted to get a sense of their impression of the 2020 hiring process for the Cleveland Browns. Up first, we'll hear from John Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast. John, welcome to the show. What do you think? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I definitely think that the coaching search was what Jimmy advertised it to be. Um, That being an extensive one. You know, we ended up interviewing a total of eight candidates, all of which fit the mold that has them laid out. Um, Maybe I'll accept Dabble anyway. Uh, Those characteristics that he laid out were a strong leader, smart, uh, possesses good football acumen, will work well within the organization, and is a continuous learner. It took them, what, two weeks from firing Fred to hiring Kevin and ended up being the last of five teams to hire their guy. The only candidate that they interviewed that was taken off the board by another team was Mike McCarthy, who went to Dallas. So when the news leaked that Stefanski was getting the nod, I was a little bit shocked given the field that was left. Um, Like most, I had McDaniels as my top, you know, on my list. 
I felt that he was a lock to get the job. Uh, I had to sit for a couple days on the news to digest it. You know, we as Browns fans were highly emotional, so I think a cool-off period is necessary with any big news related to this team. Uh, That being said, I think they ultimately selected the right guy for the path the team is going. Uh, When you factor in the want for organizational alignment, with the base being a reliance on analytics. So from everything that has come out of this, you know, the higher Kevin seems to have those desired characteristics. Um, And more importantly, I think his offensive philosophy will mesh well with most of our current personnel. So seemingly he's going to have the organizational and structural support for sure. Um, But I think he's going to find it a bit taxing to deal with expectations. You know, while we're not likely to be predicting 13-3 and in a Super Bowl victory again this year, uh, the team is still expected to compete now for at minimum a playoff berth and preferably a playoff berth through a division title. After a 6-10 and finish, I'm not really sure what the expectations are going to be for next year. I'm sure won't have any idea about this for quite a bit of time into the offseason. But going back to your initial point, I really felt that the two weeks that uh, the Cleveland Browns spent selecting that coach. It got a lot of uh, pushback and a lot of gnashing of teeth from the, the Browns faithful. But I felt like the time that spent getting that coach wasn't wasted. And unlike some of Haslam's previous searches, they got the guy that I think they ultimately wanted in Stefanski. So let's hear from our old friend Bob Stallnaker. Bob, what did you think of the hiring process? I saw the hiring process as pretty well done. It wasn't rushed, uh, like the Cowboys, let's say. It didn't take too long, as many were saying, because they had a lot of candidates. Uh, Regarding Stefanski, uh, I rate him as an excellent decision. I liked uh, any of Greg Roman, McDaniels, or Stefanski, those three. Um, The biggest challenge I see for Stefanski is not the so-called personalities or the owners or any of that stuff. The biggest challenge I see is coming up with a way to stop the Ravens uh, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, the Ravens and Jackson, they're going to get even better. Uh, and with LJ, a possible MVP, and still not at his ceiling, the Ravens are really a powerhouse. We saw that. Uh, that's the Stefanski challenge. Right away, Bob. Love this answer. The challenge that Stefanski is going to be facing right off the bat is going to be the Ravens. And it's going to be the challenge for everybody in the AFC North for the foreseeable future. As for me, in terms of who I liked, I was really into Stefanski and Sela. I really didn't want the Browns to go the route of a rehire or retread, if it makes any sense to you. I really wanted Di Podesta and the boys to sit back and make a 10-year hire. And for me, looking at this candidate, that's the guy who I saw that with more than any other ones. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about the next question. First, did you guys like Andrew Barry the first time around? How did you see the internal struggle between the traditionalists, the football guys, and the eggheads? The questions about analytics and Andrew Barry, let's hear from John Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast. You know, while Barry may deserve some of the blame for the lack of talent on the field during his tenure with Cleveland, you know, the infamous 1-31 run. Um, he's not solely to blame. Sashi Brown, at that time Cleveland's general manager, is going to shoulder most of the blame for that in my eyes. Um, I think the sentiment 
is reaffirmed by the hiring of Barry by the Eagles, um, which was a slight promotion. Um, you know, so my mindset on Barry is definitely open. I mean, he's highly regarded and still considered one of the up-and-coming young GM candidates. He's early 30s. I don't know the exact age. I think he's 33 or 34. Um, so the alignment with a heavy analytical movement is there. Uh, he's an advocate of Kevin. The pieces fit together. You know, I think the scouting and personnel staff um, is going to make or break his legacy if he ends up becoming the Cleveland Browns general manager. The Cleveland Browns have yet to name a general manager. But it finally looks as if they're going to go in an analytics-heavy direction, as John mentioned. Now, Stefanski is definitely the answer to a question that the analytics folks in Cleveland asked a while ago. Initially, they answered that question with Hugh Jackson, and it just seemed to me that Jackson was probably the worst coach you could imagine for an analytics-heavy strategy. Jackson had a big ego, and he had too much undue influence in a room full of eggheads. And of course, Jimmy Haslam flinched. He tried to appease Hugh with John Dorsey, and of course, Jettison Sashi Brown. Then of course, Dorsey brought Fred, and Fred got everybody fired. But the original mistake was having a retread running this experiment, and that's really why I like the idea of going with a fresh young hire like Stefanski. Let's hear from Bob Stallmaker now. As to Andrew Barry's first stint in Cleveland, and at this moment he's certainly not a lock to be the GM, but the Sashi Brown, Andrew Barry, deep Podesta trio was to me really the way of the future. If it were not for Haslam overruling the advice to select McDermott as head coach instead of Hugh Jackson, and if it were not for such a disaster of a roster Ray Farmer left, and uh, if we're not for that necessity to reboot, and if Haslam had not had a quick trigger, tell you what, take away those four obstacles, that trio could have achieved success. Uh, regarding the football guys versus analytics, you know, Stefanski said at his presser, information is power. Uh, and to play off that, analytics is information. That's all analytics is, information. The new GM and Stefanski will use information you know, unlike Kitchens and Dorsey, who just blew with the wind. Uh, so that's a big improvement already. Bob, I hate to admit this, but I was a pretty big supporter of Kitchens for the duration of this last year. Um, but the thing that really started to get me was exactly what you started to say at the end. that He just seemed to lack any kind of coherent game day strategy. And I definitely see Stefanski as an answer to that problem. So... I wonder what Bob Stallmaker thinks about the future identity of this team. Uh, what do I see as the future identity of this team? Uh, to me, a good identity would be adaptability. Now, uh, football guys want brawn, like, you know, we're going to be physical or some macho claim. They all say that anyway. I'm going to be physical. We're going to be physical. I prefer brains and adaptability. Uh, when Lamar Jackson emerged, being physical is thrown out. Being fast is thrown in. You know, uh, so adaptability may not sound sexy to the macho football guy, but it is needed. Uh, the first move to establish an identity is to find a highly capable GM. Uh, can't begin to establish an identity until a GM is in place that can structure the right roster for Stefanski. You're absolutely right. 
The work of a coach can be seen relatively soon, but the work of a GM takes quite a bit more time to emerge. And in 2020, we're going to be watching largely John Dorsey's team. We'll see how adaptable they're going to be to the challenges they face then. John, what do you think about this team's identity moving into the 2020 season? Yeah, the identity of this team will most certainly be a running team, specifically zone, uh, through Chubb and hopefully Hunt, setting up the passing game off play action. Pretty much what the identity should have been this past season. Um, And coincidentally, any analytical data you would have looked at showed you that that's what it should have been. Um, So I think it's really a seamless transition. And... It's about doing more of what we were successful at. Using numbers to help you guide you through that game planning and play calling. The Browns should have run the football far more successfully in the 2019 season. And going into this offseason, they're going to have to uh, shore up the lines on both sides of the football as we move into free agency and into the draft. Well, how do you rate the teams in the AFC North going into this offseason? And... What do you guys think has to happen in free agency for the Browns to turn the corner in 2020? John? Yeah, in all honesty, I'm putting us neck and neck with the Pittsburgh Steelers behind Baltimore, but ahead of Cincinnati, so tied for second. Uh, Baltimore defaults to the number one spot because of their dominance this past season, except in the playoffs again. Um, and the division currently goes through them until they're, dith- you know, they're dethroned. So I think an aging coming back from injury, Ben Roethlisberger is definitely a question mark for that team. Uh, but they do have a sound and stable organization. And as much as I hate to say it, they seem to find ways to win no matter what the circumstances are. Um, now we have loads of talent, but also have organizational instability um, and direction. That's still a question mark. You know, we've also yet to see what kind of roster turnover is coming. Um, So that could leave even more holes to fill. I mean, we have holes to fill now. Um, We're looking at probably two O-line spots, a linebacker spot, at least one safety spot, probably a wide receiver, and depth across the board. Um, So some of this is going to have to be satisfied through free agency uh, with the draft backing up those needs. But with the right leadership, this team can take the throne. Uh, And that brings us to Cincinnati bringing up the rear. Uh, It's it's expected they're going to take Burrow one. um, And with that could come lightning in a bottle. You know, these rookies seem to have uh, provided a spark of late in the NFL, these rookie quarterbacks. Um, But it could also bring, you know, rookie quarterback play. And coming off the season they had, I I just don't see them making the leap this year uh, to division contention. Could be wrong. Just don't see it. I think there's a lot of subdued expectations in the Cleveland market for the 2020 season after this last year. Well, Bob, what do you think about the AFC North? Uh, How would I rate the teams in the AFC North going into this season? I have the Ravens as the top team. Uh, Great utilization of heavy packages, uh, tight ends. Uh, 12, 22 personnel. Ha- uh, having Lamar Jackson at quarterback is really a weapon that not even the Seahawks and Cardinals don't have. I mean, uh, he's that good. I see the Steelers uh, finding a way to fix their problems. They usually do. So I think the Browns will battle the Steelers for number two in the AFC North. And I think they can have a real good chance at, at uh, uh, a playoff berth. 
the Browns need a right guard, a right tackle. Uh, they need to keep and play Najoku and Higgins and maybe add another good tight end for sure. That can be done. Those things can be done on offense. What can't be done is fixing the defense. The defense has got so many holes, uh, I doubt they're going to get it fixed in year one. Even while I don't have the Browns pegged for early success, this team was good last year, and I feel that their coaching really suppressed their win total. So I would say a big rebound is not outside of the realm of possibility, but it's not something that I'm predicting at this point. Well, after watching the playoff teams this year, what do you think you've learned about the future path to NFL success? John? You know, I think the lesson from this year's playoff field is this. There's more to one way to skin a cat. You know, while I'm not an advocate of it, three of the four teams in the championship round currently have head coaches who are also play callers, um, one of which is a first-time head coach. You know, I'm going to couple that with another lesson. Coaching matters. Leadership matters. Talent is great. But if you don't have good coaching and solid leadership, the talent means squat. You know, the guys that spend most of the time with these players, molding, teaching, leading them, those are the most important positions on the team. Well, let's hope Stefanski is the answer to the question that Kitchens asked about the value of coaching. So let's go to Bob Stallnaker. What do you think? What have the playoffs this year taught you about the future paths to success? What the playoffs have sort of reinforced with me as to the Browns' future path to success, two things. First, uh, the best teams have got great rosters and smart front offices. The Browns look like really a third-class team to these playoff teams. So for Browns fans, the only way to compete is getting a front office that makes good decisions. Uh, The second thing, they just play differently. Their schemes are different. The Browns uh, concentrated targets on their top two, uh, Landry and OBJ, higher than any of the 12 playoff teams. 52.4% of every target. They, they basically ignored wide receiver three and the tight end and didn't throw enough to the running backs. Philadelphia, 35.9%. Uh, Minnesota, 36.1%. Green Bay, 36.2%. Baltimore, 39.6% throwing to their top two targets. Cleveland, 52.4%. Uh, I don't know. My theory is, not a conspiracy, but it seems to me that Dorsey wanted to justify his trade, and I think he leaned on Kitchens to throw the ball to OBJ. Uh, you know, uh, and it didn't work. Uh, he, uh, OBJ only had a 70% NFL passer rating. Higgins had 126% passer rating last year uh, from Baker. So what what this showed is the 12 playoff teams were a team. Uh, the Browns forced the ball to Landry and OBJ. They were a collection of individuals. Anyone watching the playoffs could see that. Bob, you make a great point. And of course, we learned that lesson from the Titans the very first game of this year. Well, you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm here with John Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast, as well as our old friend Bob Stallnaker. I'm going to wrap up this episode, but before I do, I'm going to ask them one final question. How confident are you now in the direction of this organization? 
are the right people finally in place? How likely is Haslam to leave these guys in place for five plus years? Let's go with John Thornton from the Danger Zone podcast. John and his buddy Rick Stark can be found at TDZPod on Twitter. John, what do you think about the direction of this team? Ultimately, the jury's still out on the direction of this team. Until we see some games on Sundays in the fall, you know, I personally, uh, I'm an advocate of the heavier involvement in analytics, and I feel we should have probably won a few more games this past season if we were more dedicated to that mindset. You know, Jimmy talked about and continues to talk about alignment, you know, almost ad nauseum, but he's absolutely right. The company has to be moving as one cohesive unit towards a singular goal. We haven't had that in what feels like eons. You know, even when we made the original switch to an analytic-heavy front office, it seems like uh, we stopped when we hired the head coach and Hugh Jackson. Um, He was not the right pick for that alignment. Too much ego. And too much ego is bad for an analytical alignment. You have to be able to be malleable, you know, intake data and make adjustments. Large egos get in the way of that. When your ego is large, your way is the best way in your mind. Um, You know, I think now they have a good start in terms of hiring the personnel to construct that alignment. Now, results are going to determine success and ultimately people's jobs. Will they get five plus years to do this? Well, yeah, if they're successful, they will. Um, But I think even if they're not successful, if this thing stumbles out of the gate, I I just have a gut that there's a three-year minimum on this. Um, so let's hope they find success. And the thing I like about this hire is that with Stefanski, they don't necessarily have to win now. They can focus on building for the long term. Well, now let's hear from Bob Stallnaker on this question. Once again, Bob can be found at Wildlife L-U-V-R on Twitter. Bob, what do you think about the long-term direction of the team? How confident am I in the direction of this organization? I'd say I'm hopeful uh, more than confident, uh, but that's a strong hope. I, I really feel maybe that the owners have seen uh, the mistakes they've made and finally are ready to fix it. So, again, I can't say I'm confident, but I am hopeful. And as to leaving the them in place for five years or so, have to remember much of the turnover at the front office and head coach position has been due to lousy selections in the first place. So I think it's Stefanski, they have a, a, a really good head coach for a change. Uh, and if the owners hire a good GM, the odds increase greatly that the Haslam's can leave this staff structure in place for, for, for a number of years to come. Ultimately, I felt like the Browns had a choice between exercising the ghost of Rob Chadzinski or Mike Pettin. They ultimately chose to go with Stefanski, which is more like the Rob Chadzinski model, as they selected the offensive-minded Kevin Stefanski to build long-term around. Let's hope that the team can stick to this rebuilding process for the long-term this go-round, right? So with that, we'll put this episode in the books. Thanks for taking time to make Dogs by Nature Radio and Straight No Chaser a part of your day. Our guests today were John Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast and Bob Stallnaker, our old friend from the Daily Dog Chow. 
You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I am your host, Polonia7, on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care. <laughs>